Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Kylie Camps, owner of the Kind Parenting Company, wife, proud mom of twin boys, and happiness advocate. This podcast is a place for women who want more from life. It's your time to cultivate more self-care, compassion, happiness, love, and confidence. Let's have real conversations to help you feel better, choose better, and live your best life. I really wanted to sit down and just share 10 of my top tips. I feel like I could probably share 100, but I narrowed it down to 10 Tips that I could share with you that I feel have made a really, really big difference in my life in the last year and have also made a really big difference to the way my body looks and the way that my body feels and the energy that I have for getting through each day. So the first tip that I want to share with you is intuitive eating. Now, I know for a lot of women, we've always been bombarded with so many diets and so many different styles of eating and there's always something new that's just come out. There's always a meal plan that we can follow. There's always a phase, a craze, whether it's eliminating carbohydrates or only eating fruit and vegetables, raw vegan, whatever it is, there's always a label. There's always a diet that we can try and follow. Now, for some people that works really, really well. But for me, I find the moment I try and stick to a meal plan it kind of sends me into this spin of being really, really in in control. And then often when you feel like you're super in control and you get really tightly wound up about what you can and can't eat, you end up blowing out and going completely the opposite after a certain amount of time. So many people find that if they restrict or they completely block out a type of food or they follow something just to the letter all of a sudden they find themselves one day just losing control and then they feel terrible and they feel like all of their hard work has gone out the window and it's just a really, really crappy way to feel. So for me, I realized a few years ago that the best thing I could do, or probably a year ago to be honest, that the best thing I could do for my body was to just really, really listen to how my body responds to different foods. I've gotten to a place where I truly believe that there is not one type of perfect plan that everyone should follow. And, you know, I'm sure that there are many nutrition experts out there who would disagree and who maybe feel that everyone should eat paleo or everyone should eat raw vegan. And that's totally fine. And I'm just saying for me, I feel like we all are so different and so unique and what works for one won't work for the other. And I also feel like it's important to give yourself permission to change what works for you at different stages throughout your life. So say, for example, during your 20s, you don't eat meat and that feels great. But then all of a sudden you feel like you want to start eating meat again and that feels great again too. That's okay. It's it's all right to have a fluid truth. It can change as you move. So intuitive eating, in my opinion, really just comes back to 
listening to how your body responds and not just your body, your mind as well, and your energy levels to different foods. You may find it really helpful to track the foods that you're eating and also the energy that you have just for a short period of time. I'm not a fan of tracking macros or counting calories for an extended period of time because I think that that can do more damage than it does good. Um, And I've certainly lived that myself. But I do think that keeping a food journal for a week and tracking what you eat and how you feel is important. For example, I used to often have oats for breakfast, but then mid-morning I would start to feel sluggish and I would be bloated by the end of the day and I was always craving sweets. And so I just tracked that. I made a little note, you know, I was having honey oats in the morning and then I just jotted down how I was feeling throughout the day. And I realized I wasn't feeling great when I was ma- when I was having that for breakfast. And so I changed my breakfast and I was able to jot down how I felt. And so now I feel like I have a really good grasp on the foods that work for my body right now. And I choose foods based off that, foods that give me enough energy to get through the whole day. I don't feel like I need a nap. I don't feel like I need a chocolate bar at 3 p.m. I just feel sustained all day. So definitely have a think. Are you feeling bloated? Are you feeling sluggish? Can you connect it to certain foods? And perhaps can you try different foods and see how your body responds to those? Intuitive eating for me means that I don't rule anything out. I give myself permission. If I want to have it, I can have it. And I know, for example, if I choose to have, you know, like some cheese off a cheese platter, I know that I'm going to enjoy it in that moment, but I'll probably pay for it the next day and I'll have some tummy pains and bloating. You get to know your body and what your body can handle. And it just gives you more power because as I always say, in every choice that we make, it's all about pain versus pleasure. So for me, often the pleasure of indulging isn't worth the pain of feeling bloated and feeling sluggish. But then there are special occasions when you go, you know what, it is worth it. For example, if Matt and I are on a weekend away, for me, it's worth being able to indulge, eat the foods that I wouldn't normally eat because I know the next day I don't have to be running after the kids and I can go a little slower and let my body digest. So just be aware of what you're eating and how you react. The second tip that I have found has made a huge difference to my body and also my life is to eat a big breakfast, but to eat it later in the morning. So when I was tracking my food, I noticed that if I eat earlier, I tend to crave sweeter foods throughout the day. And I also just felt like I was eating more out of habit that, you know, you wake up, make a coffee, make breakfast, have morning tea, move on. But I realized that I wasn't actually super hungry or really enjoying breakfast if I was having it earlier. So for the last year or so, I've been having breakfast a lot later, more like 10, 10 And I have a really solid breakfast that's full of protein and good fats. And that just keeps me really, really satisfied. And it allows me to get through my work day, my mum life day. Um, it just, it carries me through until sort of mid-afternoon where I'll then have something else to eat. And I just don't feel like I have that crash where I'm craving sugar or anything like that. My third tip is to minimize dairy. Now, this might not suit everyone, 
But a lot of people I know do really suffer from bloating and stomach pain when they have dairy. And I know for me, if I have it, I definitely feel it and pay the price. So when I made the decision to swap most of my dairy intake with non-dairy alternatives, I noticed a huge difference. So I now use macadamia milk in my coffee. I choose coconut yogurt if I'm going to have yogurt. And I really rarely have dairy, but there will be occasions when I have cheese. Tip four is to be mindful of how you stack your fridge and your pantry. And what I mean by this is keep the snacks that you want to eat at eye height and readily accessible and keep the snacks that are more treat snacks in a drawer and out of your sight so that it's an effort to get to them. For me, I like to have my snacks right right at eye height when I open the fridge or go into the pantry. It just makes it easier for you to make the right choice. And I'm all about systems. Just have systems in place that make life easier for yourself. My next tip is hydration. I know that's kind of a boring tip and we all know that we need to drink water, But water is just so important and so underrated when it comes to basic health. I feel like so many people race out and get the latest supplement or a greens powder or juice capsules or whatever it might be, which can be great. But often we just need to go back to basics. We need to make sure we're drinking enough clean, filtered water. When we don't have enough water, when we become dehydrated, We really do suffer with symptoms, but sometimes we're just so used to being in that state that we don't even connect the dots. We just get used to feeling lethargic. We get used to having a headache, get used to being snappy and grumpy and having low energy and a low mood when something as simple as drinking more water can make a huge difference. And not just to your mood, but to the actual physiology of your body. We are 60% water and our organs need water to function properly. It is incredibly important for our cells as well as our organs. It also helps carry oxygen around our body. So keep yourself hydrated. I like to carry a water bottle around with me most of the time. I also keep water in the fridge again at eye height. So if I'm grazing just for the sake of grazing, I'm prompted to have a nice big sip of my water. Tip six is weight training. Now, I know that in this day and age, a lot of people are using weights and it's so good to see, but I still have conversations with women surrounding the fact that they're fearful of using weights because they don't want to get too bulky or because they're unsure how to train with weights properly. It's really, really hard for women to get super bulky. We don't produce enough testosterone. And so if you can use weights, what you'll find is you actually get smaller and you get tighter and leaner as well as stronger. And there are so many benefits to weight training. Not only do you burn calories while you're actually training, but your body burns more calories at rest once you build more lean muscle mass because it takes more energy for your body to maintain that muscle mass versus maintaining fat cells. As we age also from 30 onwards, which is young, we start to lose muscle mass. And one way to maintain it 
and look after our body is to train using weights. I really, really love it. It makes me feel strong mentally, emotionally, physically. I just really, really enjoy it. If you're unsure of how to train properly using weights, whether that's free weights or machines, you may like to have a chat with a personal trainer or just check in with the gym staff and ask. Always ask questions and don't be afraid to get in there and use weights as well. Personally, when it comes to using weights in the gym or at home, I like to mix it up. Sometimes I'll go for like a heavy week where I try and really push myself and use heavier weights and do less repetitions. And then other weeks I'll go for higher repetitions with a lighter weight. I really enjoy that variety. But again, just try it out and see what feels good for you. Tip number seven is all about sweating. So our skin is our biggest organ. And when we work up a really, really decent sweat, What happens is our pores open up and it gives our body a chance to flush out some of the toxins through our skin. It can also actually help to fight off germs and keep us healthier overall. For me, getting really sweaty a couple of times a week has made a huge, huge difference to my mental clarity as well as my body shape. And my favorite way to get really sweaty is to use the stair mill at my gym. 20 minutes on that and I am just dripping head to toe and it feels so good. So definitely try to get purposefully sweaty a few times a week, whether that's via interval runs outside or Bikram yoga or any type of cardio that you enjoy. Just give it a crack of getting really, really sweaty. Sounds a bit funny to say, but it has made a huge difference to me. Tip number eight is to consider crafting transition periods at the start of your day and also at the end of your day. And when I say transition period, what I mean is a time of day where you're moving from one zone, one part of your day to another. I talk about this a lot for babies and toddlers and children because it's really important for them too. But as adults, We live in such a busy, fast-paced world. We're always doing 20 million things, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're working full-time or you're studying or whatever your circumstance, we are all so plugged in. We all have our hands on our phone at all times. We all have these tabs open mentally, all of these lists that we're running through, and it's rare that we get a chance to just be. And a transition period at the start of the day and the end of the day creates that space where you're just not in a rush to do things or you're just in the one place at one time. So what this means is when you wake up of a morning, don't grab your phone straight away. Have a little time for yourself. For me, when I get up, I just like to take a moment to be mindful of where I am and just feel myself in my bed, which sounds funny, but it's just a really nice way to start the day. And then I wash my face. I use my nice skincare products. I just take five or 10 minutes to really breathe and be present in what I'm doing before I get into the rush of getting organized for the day. And again, at the end of the day, having a time where you shut off your electronic devices, where you flip them to flight mode, and you have just a little white space to get yourself to calm down, whether that's reading in bed, doing a full body stretch, Or again, just being really mindful when you go through your skincare routine and just 
allowing your body to prepare for sleep because so many of us get into bed and we know that we're tired and we know that we should be ready for sleep but we still feel like we're wired and plugged in and our minds racing through all the things that we know we need to do and it's just nice to create some space to slow down so that transition period at the start and the end of the day can make a really really big difference tip number nine kind of feeds into tip number eight about the transition period. But tip nine is all about having a consistent bedtime and wake up time. A lot of parents get in touch with us and they talk about how the, how their little ones are sleeping well overnight, but they themselves are not. They're still waking up feeling exhausted. And when we dig a little deeper, we see that there's often inconsistencies with what time the adults are going to bed and waking up of a morning as well. If you get into the habit of going to bed at the same time each night, naturally your body will start to wake up at the same time each morning, meaning there will be less reliance upon an alarm clock or less chance of you being startled awake by your baby or your toddler or your kids. Having a regular bedtime also really helps with winding down and getting to sleep because your body gets into the rhythm of knowing, okay, this is my typical rest time and it just you just fall asleep easier. So I do recommend going to bed at the same time each night and waking up at the same time each morning. And I also recommend, I'm a little bit obviously of a tracking nerd, having spoken about tracking your food to see how you feel. I think it's important to track how much sleep you have and how you feel as well. Because for some of us, we do incredibly well with eight hours a night. That's our optimum. But for other people, They feel great having just six hours or perhaps they need more like nine, nine and a half to feel really good. So for a week, just jot down down what time you go to bed at night, what time you wake up, what your quality of sleep is like and how you feel the next day. And that will help you to work out what your ideal sleep number is and then you can work backwards. So if you know that you need nine hours, you can plan your bedtime and your wake up time to facilitate that and treat bedtime like it's as important as a meeting. I am a huge fan of Ariana Huffington and she talks about scheduling your bedtime and treating it like a deadline because it is so important. Tip number 10 isn't directly related, I guess, to health, but it has really improved my mental health and my body image as well as a lot of other areas in my life. But my last tip is to take weekends off social media. That's right. Delete your Instagram app for the weekends and just give yourself a break. We are so bombarded with images and other people's thoughts and it's amazing and it's such a great tool for connection and I truly love it. Like Instagram is a big part of my life, but it's so important to have a break from it. And Last year, I started deleting Instagram off my phone on a Friday, and then I just put it back on on a Monday or a Tuesday whenever I feel like I'm ready. And it's really made a big difference to my headspace. The reason that I started doing this, though, was because of my boys. I had a moment where I just thought, you know what? Weekends are going to become so much more sacred when they are at school because I'm not going to have them with me Monday to Friday, and I want to be able to give them my all on Saturdays and Sundays and really be there for them. And Instagram for me, if I have it on my phone, it's habitual. I'll just pick it up and I'll scroll without even thinking about it. 
So again, it's another system that I put in place for myself to just stop myself from scrolling mindlessly and to remind myself to really, really be in the moment. And aside from just being in the moment and being there for my boys, I'm really aware that we're all living in a, di- in a digital age and our kids are going to grow up with social media as such a core part of their lives, I'm sure. I mean, things could change between now and then, but I'm fairly confident that there's going to be some strong form of social media as they grow. And I'm so aware that nowadays with bullying, it's not just happening at school. Bullies are reaching out to kids through social media and targeting them through phones and through those channels. And so for me, I just want to be really clear with my kids that life is not in an app on the phone. Life is living where you are. And, you know, I just had a moment of clarity where I thought, what if the boys come to me and say, I'm being bullied on social media and I say to them, oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. But then they always are seeing me with my head in an app. It's not sending a clear message. So that was another reason that I made that choice. And I just guess I want to encourage other women to take a break, take a break from social media rather than scrolling and absorbing other people's thoughts and feelings and photos Just focus on yourself, focus on your own life and what's going on for you. And that is my last top tip. So those 10 tips have made a huge difference in my life and also in my physical state as well. So I wanted to share those with you and I hope that some of them are helpful and I will check in with you guys soon. Don't forget, if you are using Instagram, you can follow along by finding me at at Kylie Camps, but definitely consider deleting it for the weekends. Hope you have a great day and I will chat soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 